0: to cup of cubby blue you're the cardinals are now one and five in the playoffs when they're facing teams with kyle Schwarber on them home for cubs news updates and banter we're the official podcast of bleed cubby blue and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for bleed cubby blue if you like the podcast leave us a five-star review and a rating so other people can find the show i'm sarah sanchez i write about the cubs i read about why i'm now a mariners fan and more for bleed cubby blue and as always i am joined by the one and only danny rocket how's it going danny
1: Oh, pretty good. Just coming back from Michigan, had a little funeral to attend and stuff. My aunt Bev lived a long, great life, 95 years old. She was swimming up till the end, but you know, we, no one, no one here gets out of here alive. So that's, that's kind of how that went down, but it was nice to see all my cousins. So I'm a little worse for wear, but I'm here and I'm I am very happy about what you just mentioned.
0: Which the Cardinals!
1: Card? The Cardinals! <laughs> Being out of the playoffs, their season is over. They played two more games than the Cubs. You know, take your 11 rings and stick them where the sun don't shine, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals losing in the playoffs is always such great stuff. But this time, there was so much, I don't know, like all the Yachty, Pujols, Wayno nonsense. And, like, the poser from ESPN or wherever that was like, I just couldn't help myself. I had to cheer for the Cardinals because there was so much greatness on the field. I was like, buddy, you just demonstrated you are not a real Cubs fan. And also, like, this is the type of nonsense that leads to Yachty parades or whatever at Wrigley Field. And we just don't need any of it. We don't need any of it. None of us need that. The rest of us were totally fine with Yachty and Pujols and Adam Wainwright losing. They all won more than enough in our lifetimes. I did not need to see them win again. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos on the other hand, I did need to see winning more and I love them. And so good job, Phillies.
1: I've got just one thing to say about it. A six run ninth.
0: That was so good. It was so, so good. I I was so
1: happy. I, 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 all the Cardinals fans leaving so sad early, giving up on the team best. Yeah. Best fans of baseball.
0: Early. I mean they only paid one dollar for the tickets did you see the one dollar tickets Danny
1: well no, I'd heard about them yeah I did not see them because uh, you know I, I'm not I'm not in the market <laughs> you know what
0: I mean we'll uh, we'll come back to the this Cardinals Philly Schadenfreude because yeah. it's oh. the best type of shot and we so we're gonna happy. give it the time that it deserves but there is some Cubs news today and so we'll kick it off uh with Cubs news as we always do then we'll head to what happened in the wildcard series and then what we are looking for in the divisional series, which will begin on Tuesday. Um, But before that, Jed Hoyer had his annual press conference. Uh, I don't know, man. I I listened to parts of this. It was like an hour of not saying things. And my personal favorite was reporters asking clarifying questions and Hoyer being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was just too much of a question. I'm like, no, they just asked you to say real words. They asked you to clarify things that are not consultant ease for look, y'all just trust me. It'll be fine. Like they wanted an actual strategy and dates and ideas for when players will come up and what it could look like. And and they pushed back against your consultant ease, my friend.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we got the intelligent spending back again. So he said that Dude. again. Yeah. So I, and so once you say something stupid like that, I'm out, I'm not going to listen to a word you say. I don't think anything he says in any press conference is really worth listening to, you know, it's it because you, you don't learn anything. It's just, it's double speak. It's we'll see it's there. He's never going to come out and concretely give us any kind of timeline. And as much as you can in baseball anyway, you know, just like things happen, you know, your prospects get hurt. you're, anything. A guy has a bad year. Uh, Nobody expected Jason Hayward to fall off a cliff. So like you're having a press conference with him you think you're, you know, riding the top to the top of the mountain. And instead you're just doing damage control the rest of the first six years. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get, but yeah. Whereas Theo just really kind of, he gave you a lot of that corporate speak too, but it really felt like it came from a place of it came from a human. I'm not totally sure that Jed Hoyer is a human being. <laughs> he might be he might be like some sort of new cyborg that, like, you know, Rickett's billionaire buddies are tested out or something. No, I, I kid. I mean, I'm sure he's real.
0: McKenzie bot 3.0.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they could, they would. You know what I mean? Because they don't have to really pay him. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't believe anything he says. It's all just... I mean, what did you get from it that you didn't know before?
0: uh, Well, exactly. Not much. I... We got confirmation that the Cubs will in fact offer Wilson Contreras a qualifying offer, which I think we all knew they they were going to offer him a qualifying offer, offer. The only way not trading him made sense is if they thought that whatever they were going to get in draft pick compensation was better than the offers they were being given by the teams who were interested in potentially procuring Wilson Contreras's services at the trade deadline. And And now we have confirmation of that. I mean, I want to go back to this intelligent spending thing. That you were talking about for a second because our friend Brett Taylor over at Bleacher Nation um, had a nice little aside here that I thought was important that I wish more people would push back on Jed Hoyer on because I think that there is a tell in terms of what this Cubs front office believes, Jed uh, believes intelligent spending entails and so you know, he kind of like writes up uh, Hoyer's whole thing about intelligent spending and the nature of baseball contracts being challenging and blah, blah, blah. And then Brent has this aside <laughs> where he says, this is what I have heard for a long time behind the scenes and Jed is really emphasizing it. He doesn't like long, super long-term deals. The money is one thing, but it's the length he wants to avoid. Look, I get that and I understand and I've seen the numbers in terms of free agent contracts and which ones aged well and which ones didn't and why it might make sense to do a jacked up high AAB uh, deal in the short term rather than a long term deal or include some opt outs or those types of things to not get yourself saddled with a player who is not playing up to their contract for many, many years. And also, if you're a player, there is very little incentive to sign one of those deals unless you are very sure that you can put up a monster season in the early part of that and then opt out and go somewhere else, right? Like it's the reason that as much as I would love Wilson Contreras to take the qualifying offer, stay a Chicago cub one more time, and then go get his free agent deal somewhere else. I just don't think he's going to do it because the man is 30 and it's his time to get paid. And some team is going to offer him four years, $80 million, five years, a hundred million dollars, something that is, reasonable for his services, a JT Real Muto slash Sal Perez type of deal, somewhere right in between those two deals that will be appropriate for what Wilson Contreras has done. And he deserves it. He has earned it. He has earned every penny of whatever contract he gets. And more importantly, he's earned every year of whatever contract he gets. And the fact that Jed Hoyer doesn't like the years part of that is probably why they're kind of in on Correa, but not really in on Correa. They signed Marcus Stroman, but only for three years, not for five years. I mean, if that's what we can expect, then there's a lot of guys out there who the Cubs will never truly be in on because most baseball players get one shot at free agency right around the time that they are 30, and most of them know that their odds of getting a longer-term deal at 30 are much better than their odds at 32.
1: Yeah, well, and even that's kind of going by the wayside at this point, and everybody wants to get younger and cheaper, and, you know, it's just that's the nature of the game, and we all know what happens to our – you and I know anyway what happens to our bodies after turning 30. It's an arbitrary year. We all age in different ways, but it doesn't get better. And so you just – for to have like a 10-year contract, like let's say somebody like a Bryce Harper has where the Phillies went out and they did spend that money. Like, there are some teams out there that maybe it's dumb, but they just beat the Cardinals. Like, maybe everything they're doing is stupid to do. Maybe what the Angels did with with Pujols, that was stupid. It was a bad deal. They did it wrong. Um, I don't know. Is it luck that it comes down to uh, Chris Bryant, that contract? They gave him a lot of money. Cubs were smart not to give it to him. Javi Baez. Like the list goes on from guys we just saw, but Anthony Rizzo would have been a good move. So we don't know. And we didn't know going into the season, what the hell was going to happen. And now we know. And so I, some, some of it's smart, some of it's dumb, but it seems like we're just never going to do that. And that we kind of already knew when blue Friday even happened in the first place. And none of those guys, none of the guys we had got contracts. So we're seeing it again. Wilson Contreras is gone. Uh, Seems dumb. Also, I think they really underestimate what this does to the fans. It like, may, may, might make baseball sense, but are you going to get people to come out to the ballpark? The uh, numbers were down this year, and so everybody's speculating, well, they'll have to spend because everybody wants to come to see the shiny new toy. Will they? Sure. Once or twice, you come out and see it. If the team wins, then we'll keep coming. But we A lot of times we will go see players that aren't necessarily even doing that good or having a bad year because we know who they are and we love them. Um, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, you know, we would have sat through a Bryant bad year and still loved him. I'm not sure Rockies fans feel this way. So, you know, we fall in love with the guys, the personalities. A lot of people will say like, that's, uh, that's bad. That's dumb baseball, but it's also entertainment and they want us to watch the TV, but, Half the time I show it to my mom, and she's not interested because she's like, I don't know who the hell these guys are. So I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Like, do you want to win? Do you want the team to be loved? Can't have Correa here for two years, pay him $40 bucks a year, have us all fall in love with him, then ship him off and have us be okay with that. Maybe people who don't have emotions can do that. I know we can't, I know you're going to, I know you've shed many a tear already over Wilson Contreras, and now they're going to resign him at the qualifying offer and you'll have to say goodbye three more times. So.
0: Dude, I just want what's best for Wilson. And, and I would like what that, I would like what is best for Wilson to not be in St. Louis or in the Bronx. That's what I would like. And I, But I'll accept it. If what's best for Wilson is the Yankees, like, that's fine. I just, I don't think that's the best thing for Wilson or for the Yankees, to be quite honest. Um, I think that could blow up real fast. I do actually see a very good fit with the Cardinals. So I'm just trying to contain myself for the moment when the Cardinals scoop up Wilson Contreras, and then I have to watch him go do Cardinals things. He's talking
1: to Q about it. All the time.
0: You see that? Of you're course talking he to, is. He's doing who, his due diligence and he's also a troll. So like Wilson knows that that's Wilson knows exactly what he's doing with that. Man. And frankly do it like the Ricketts I'm, and Hoyer I'm, deserve it. I'm
1: switching loyalties. I'm just like one of those pro wrestlers. I'm going good to bad. And I'm just going to all of a sudden start a Cardinals podcast and everybody's going to have to come with me. I'm going to be a B fib. I am. I'm going with Wilson, wherever you know, he I'm,
0: goes. You're going to have to get used to leaving games early, but we'll get back to that in a second. You know, I want to get to why <laughs> by, we're by talking. me. What you were talking about with attendance stuff for a second, Al's been doing a series at BCB all season long uh, looking at attendance stuff. So if you search on Bleed Cubby Blue for attendance watch, you can get some really interesting data, interesting information about uh, StubHub prices comparatively year over year. And 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 the bottom line is that the Cubs weren't selling out Memorial Day series with the Cardinals. Like it's the start of June. The weather is perfect. They're playing the Cardinals and they're not sold out. That is a massive red flag for any front office. And that was long about the time that the Cubs started doing things like drink Wednesday drink nights or happy hour nights or whatever, where your oh. ticket included a wa- glass of wine or a beer or something yeah. like that. And it's and
1: like, it does it. you can get in for way <laughs> cheaper and buy your own beer, right. by the way, on stub They're like, Oh, it's a free beer. Here's a $40 behind a pole on a Wednesday. And you're like, who's drinking on a Wednesday behind a pole dummies. <laughs> That's who you know I'm just sorry. If you did that deal. I mean, a lot of people also, they, they also, I don't want to take a full aside on this. But they also did it wrong. And a lot of people, because they advertised it like, oh, it's free beer Wednesday. It was not. So people just bought whatever ticket and went in there and like were like, where do I get my beer? So they had a bit of a PR disaster on their hands with some people. Um, but yeah, it was a special ticket. Then they give you a voucher. The ticket was not cheap. You could get in for $8, buy your own beer for, unfortunately, $12, whatever it is, <laughs> and then... That's a twenty dollar deal, but they were selling it for forty. So even that deal was bad. Um, student prices that they had uh, Cubs U was that deal where they were giving away ten dollar tickets plus fees, which was still more than StubHub. So, and you didn't have to pay anything because half the ballpark is season ticket holders. And uh, I mean, how many free tickets did I offer you this year, Sarah?
0: I don't know, four or five, maybe six. Like I, here's the one yeah. that killed me. So I've run the race to Wrigley every year that they run it um, for the, like, for the Cubs charity people. Although I should point out that this year I was supposed to run it in person and I didn't get up in time. So I ended up just doing my own little 5k virtually later. But I, but I, but I ran, I, I liked the race to Wrigley. And so I, I had my ticket and everything this year for the first time in the years that I've run the race to Wrigley anyway, that came with a ticket. Like, they were like, the first 5,000 people to, to sign up for our race will get a ticket to this Phillies, this random Phillies game. And sure enough, I looked in my like ballpark app, and there's my Phillies ticket. Like, I didn't even actually show up for the race. <laughs> I got a ticket to the well, baseball game. And I was like, oh, well, that's wild. Like, cool. I guess that my, now, admittedly, the race itself is, you know, $45 or whatever. So, <laughs> We're just like, they're just like giving tickets away. They're like, well, we've got 5K tickets. We'll just throw them to whoever.
1: It it started, it started before the year even started. They had that, uh, it it wasn't called Hit for Ticks. That was the one before. Maybe it was called Hit for Ticks. You went down there and you tried to hit targets and you'd get tickets. But this year, they were just fully giving tickets out. I I stood in line twice and got two different games, handed some to my neighbor. They went, you know, they're just, I mean, this is, because they know that, no, they've only sold, well, no tickets. I don't think they had the season tickets, holder tickets, and then they didn't sell any other tickets for an April game. People aren't interested. Why weren't they interested? Because Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Kavi Baez, John Lester, Jake Arrieta, Kyle, I mean, well, Kyle was on the team, but like the, all the, the whole team was gone. Everybody was gone except for like three people. That you've ever heard of. If you're even a fair weather fan, you know it's cold and wriggly. You're not selling those tickets. People were not excited. They've been bad for a couple years now. 2020, I mean, you can't really count that because it's pandemic year. 2019 was disappointing. 2018 was pretty disappointing. It's just been like a pretty long, I mean, if you think it's like been five years now. It's been by next year, it'll be seven years since we won the World Series. Um Really, six years since a, a series playoff run and for a team like Chicago, I mean for a city like Chicago, uh, you know, it's just not good enough. People's interest has waned. Um, you know, people showed up to see Suzuki. everybody wanted to see Stroh, but you know, th- neither one of those guys had a monster year. So it, it and and the Cubs weren't winning. So we're not like rocking out there. We're building cup snakes, We're chopping snakes, We're doing other things. Um, you know, and in fact, a lot of the bleacher regulars, they're complaining because it's now it's a young, cheap crowd because the Cubs are now giving away $10 tickets. So you have the money to go in there and buy $15 beers. People bleacher. Jeff said, kids are showing up hammered because they don't have the money to drink the, that much in there. So they're going to wherever or just drinking on the street. You know, it's just, it's, it's lawless. We're back to the bad old days. It's and lawless. they got to do something if they want to be, stay relevant. They do. I
0: mean, well, and what they need to do is play some winning baseball. And I, I don't know. I, you know, Hoyer said a lot of words and we'll see if they actually have a plan baseball. for winning baseball <laughs> or just trying to convince Carlos Correa to sign another three year deal or whatever. Like, I just, I, I, I don't think they're going to be successful with that. Like I do well, not I think get- Dansby Swanson or Trey Turner is looking for a two or three year deal. Sorry, Jeff. Like I know you would love Trey Turner to sign a two year deal with you, but I don't think that's in his best interests.
1: And I don't want to belabor it, but like there is the human aspect. Like I think, and I know these guys are kind of standing up for each other. So they don't want to take some team friendly deal where they're setting the market poorly for everybody else who comes in the future. They They have that brotherhood that they, you know, it's a union. So they're trying for the best that they can. But I would also say if it were me, I would love to be part of a team for the, my whole career. I would love because then you get the statue and then you get, you know, then you get to do the commercials in the town and then you know, there's that money you're leaving on the table and also a future and a relationship with a city. And that is just as important. As the baseball in the entertainment factor, in the way that in the way that people consume the product of baseball, it is not just ball strikes outs, you know, and all that stuff. And homers, it is relationships that the fans have with the team. And if you're going to eschew that for, give everybody short term contracts and we're the rays and we just ship everybody out as soon as they, you know, they've, I don't know that they're not useful to us anymore. Um, well then it's, that's going to be a hard, I think it's going to be a hard ticket to sell Chicago. I mean, I I just, I know our fan base really well. So other, the Rays will put up with it. Pirates put up with it, but they don't like it either. They don't show up.
0: Well, right. Exactly. I was going to say they, they put up with it, but they don't really put up with it. Like those are, those are fan bases that do not show up to baseball games. Like we watched how many people there were at PNC park or at great American ballpark that last week of the season, not very many, like there were a lot more at Wrigley field. And if you would like to there to, although notably fewer fans at Wrigley field than there have been in years past, like usually you could like sunny day at Wrigley, like that was going to sell out no matter what. I hope this front office has learned a lesson that they are not just going to sell out on spec. They need to put a quality baseball product on the field.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they do but they don't have to, they can do it the way they want to do it. And as I said, like maybe it is baseball dumb. Maybe if they had, you know, locked up all the core, you know, and I I don't think anybody seriously thought they were ever going to get all of them, but they thought they're going to get one of them, but they got none of them, zero of them. So, um, you know, that was just unexpected, I think all the way around, but you don't have any continuity for the team. And, uh, as much as that's important, I don't know. Like, I would like to hear from a ball player and, you know, ask them really, like, how much does being together make you lazy or should you always be shaking it up or, you yeah, know, these guys have played on a lot of teams their whole, but, you know, the and I think the day of, I mean, who's the last player that just stayed on a team for forever? I mean.
0: Like in all of.
1: I mean, I'm thinking of like you know, a Rod or something. But even he was on the no, a Rod bounced around. He was also a Mariner
0: first, Mariner, Mariner, yeah, yeah. Then a Ranger, and then there was a whole like he was almost a Red Sox for a hot minute. That would have been wild. Um, Jeter
1: was somebody that's coming to mind. Vado, how about Joey Joey Vado? Maybe yeah. That's I mean, he's he never was on anybody. Sal Perez
0: is going to wind up being one of those guys. I mean, he's been a Royal the whole time, and they extended him, and then they extended him again, and that's what you should Clayton Kershaw. I mean, I feel like there are guys who teams get it with and the Cubs just, that guy should have been Anthony Rizzo and then they like botched the Rizzo thing and they have a chance with Contreras and they're going to botch that too. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I I no longer trust that the Cubs will have guys who are going to be our guys forever, which is sad. But I do trust that some of our guys who have gone on to other teams are going to have outstanding post-seasons. Kyle Schwarber is already starting off Along that vein, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we're going to talk about our favorite things that happened during the wild card series, what we thought about the new wild card format and preview these divisional series. But first, a quick break. All right. We started with it at the top. We're going to finish with it now. That six run inning in (laughs) the ninth against the Cardinals was my favorite thing (laughs) That happened in the postseason so far. It was not particularly close. Watching the Cardinals implode was amazing. Uh, Mm. There was a moment where they did not call this an error. They gave him a hit, but Nolan Arenado just like smooth miffed a ball. Like both Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, within minutes of like the broadcast talking about the hallowed Cardinals way and their defense and all this stuff, Paul Goldschmidt tries to throw down a runner at home instead of getting a double play which was just a silly mistake. Like, I don't know why he did that. Didn't get the runner at home. Didn't get the double play. And then the next ball, Nolan Arenado does his best Roger Dorn away play. And they called that a hit, and it was not. Like, Nolan, come on, it's Nolan Arenado. He makes that play 99 times out of 100 and miffed it in the ninth inning when the Phillies were coming back. It was amazing. Thank you, Philadelphia. Go, Kyle Schwarber.
1: Yeah, it get got a sack fly in that inning. Just a thing of beauty and that to pour on six runs and just like, I mean, that was an onslaught and you know, that offense, that Phillies offense, it was built to do things like this. It really was. And it just hasn't been happening. Like in the Mets, you know, when we played them, they they didn't score against us at all. The Mets were the same way. And I don't know if that's just like being in a playoff race that they're just playing tight and that, you know, they must've been just burnt, you know, just burnt. They're, you know, they they were neck and neck that whole time, and then the Braves took over. But like, you know, the the Phillies were playing tight, the Mets were playing tight. The Phillies barely snuck into that third wild card spot. The Mets screwed it up the end. They're both sitting. Or well, the Mets are sitting home now. But we knew that the Phillies could put up a big inning like that. You know, we knew that it was possible, and they just weren't scoring against Quintana of all people, and that's killing me. The whole game, I'm just like, oh. You know, God, why can't,
0: why? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, though, I was watching the biggest mistake that I identified on day one of the wildcard series. I don't know why they didn't let Quintana go another inning. He was at like 75 pitches. He was absolutely unhittable for these Phillies hitters for whatever reason. Like Q had it. He had it in the same way. Do you remember? Of course you remember. In 2016, in the NLDS, when the Cubs were going up against Matt Moore, of all people. And for like eight innings, Matt Moore just held the yeah. Cubs to nothing. Yes, I
1: do. I was to at this nothing. game. nothing. And yeah. I was
0: like, I was losing my mind. I'm like, it's Matt Moore. He's not even good. The Cubs can't hit a curveball. Everything is terrible. And then for reasons I will never understand, Bochi had to Bochi, And Bochi decided to go to the bullpen. And all of a sudden, the onslaught was on. The Cubs win the game. Cubs go to the NLCS. I don't know if the Cubs win the world series. If Matt Moore comes out to pitch the ninth in that NLDS game, because frankly he was unhittable to that Cubs team, just like Quintana was unhittable to that Phillies team. And the Cardinals deciding, Nope, Nope. Only going to take 5.1 innings there. We're going to go to the bullpen. That was their undoing because their closer couldn't close.
1: Yeah. Well, well, and he had already pitched an entire inning. So Helsley you know, they were trying to get two innings out of him. And I don't know if that, how often that has happened this year where he's taken two innings. Um, but it's, it probably isn't that much, um, but they, they, they sh- uh, made their bullpen not last. Now, why you do that is also in a game one where, I mean, in Q str- shutting him down, completely in control of the game, he gave up two hits. It's not like you got like and one walk. Two hits one walk, no runs. Now he wasn't striking out a lot of guys, but you know, Philadelphia, that's a pretty potent offense, but you're putting into play, you've got a great defense behind you, and it's working. And they and he's they're hitting them where where they are. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for the Cardinals because they screwed it up and I'm so happy about it. But it reminded me of how like Joe Madden almost blew the world blew the World Series, you know, just like, oh, everything's going great. And then, you know just, I don't know, Madden pooped his pants. And all of a sudden the game got out of hand. And, and in this way, it didn't happen right away. Like it did in that game, but it happened to the end, but you had already shortened your bullpen. You had to go for Helsley for two, which is dumb because now you don't have a closer tomorrow.
0: Right. It's like, you're, you're, you're going to put yourself in a must win situation. You're not going to have a closer. The last thing I want to say about this particular rally. And then look, there's something about postseason baseball. I thought I couldn't see anything cooler than a six run comeback in the ninth. And then the Mariners the next day were like, oh, hold our beer. But before we get to that Mariners comeback, the coolest part of the Phillies comeback to me was that Gene Segura, who coming into that game, had had the longest active player streak without appearing in a postseason game. It's his first Postseason game gene segura gets the hit to start the rally like gene segura is the man of the match who comes in to make sure that the phillies live another day i love it thank you baseball thank you for moments like that that's incredible
1: yeah i did not know that that's awesome
0: yeah he had the longest it was like 1300 some odd games that gene segura had played without making an appearance in the postseason and he comes up big in the ninth and it was against the cardinals like everything about that was great uh the other series, so my my beloved Blue Jays, we are no longer Cup of Cubby Blue Jays. We're gonna have to figure out what Cup of Cubby, Cup of Seattle, Cup of Cubby, Cup of Seattle Blue, Blue, Blue Cup of Seattle Blue. Maybe I don't know. We're gonna be a Mariners podcast now, I think, because the Mariners are fun, and I already liked that Mariners team second most amongst all the teams in the playoffs. But the the Mariners win the first game against the Blue Jays, but in the second game, the Blue Jays look like they are totally in control. They're up eight to one. They are up a touchdown in a baseball game, which if that happens. You're generally fine. And the Mariners came all the way back. Now, admittedly, they didn't wait till the ninth inning to do it. They didn't do it all at once like the Cardinals did. And frankly, like when they finally tied it up, that play was a heartbreaker because it was one of those like pop flies that goes into no man's land. Bo Bichette and George Springer run into each other head on. And this was after there had already been a bunch of like weird little injuries with the Blue Jays, like Springer running into a wall and whatever. And you never want to see a player carted off. George Springer was carted off trying to rally the crowd after the tying runs had scored with this injury to two of the Blue Jays' best players. I mean, it was really a heartbreaking scene to watch, but what a comeback, man. I cannot believe the Mariners came back and won that game. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, you
1: know, they might have some magic in them because they, they, they have that, uh, that kind of good mix of the young and the old, So that might be one of those like kind of magical team that, you know, you, you can kind of tape them, tape them all together and get, get more. What is that phrase? Uh, More than the sum of of, yeah. Yeah. That the sum is more than the it's parts. So that's kind of how I feel about the Mariners. You know, they, they came out swinging. They haven't been in in a long time. Nobody picked them to do anything. And then the other team that's like that, I think are, are the guardians that I agree. Nobody knows who they are. They're brand new. They got a bunch of rookies on the team there. I heard this stat. I don't know if you heard this, but the, it since like the 86 Mets, this is the youngest team to make the postseason. like media or, you know, the average age of the player. So that's a long time to go. And that's a, and it's a different game now where guys don't even get their clock started until they're in their mid twenties. Sometimes,
0: I mean, the granddaddy of that Cleveland team is Jose Ramirez. And I think Jose Ramirez is barely 30. Like he just turned 30.
1: But, but he's probably the oldest guy of the team. And so he's (laughs) grandpa Ramirez over there and everybody else isn't. And so they've got, and I mean, those were exciting. I mean, 15 innings of no hit or of no run baseball. And okay,
0: that game was incredible. And it is Rob Manfred's worst nightmare that there's like <laughs> it's at the bottom of the 15th zero zero still and i'm like this is outstanding this is amazing and i love everything about it and there's people on twitter i will not name them to shame them out there like this is why we need the runner on second i'm like this is absolutely why the runner on second is the worst thing ever i don't want to see a runner on second base right now i want somebody to score a run the old-fashioned way <laughs>
1: Speaking of that, I mean, speaking of the 86, 86 Mets, I believe it was against the Astros. They had a, a game that was very similar to that with like Mike Scott. And in, in the, I guess it would have been the, the Astros were in the NL at that time. So it would have been the CS. Cause I think they just went straight CS to world series. So, but it was the same thing. Like I, me and my friends were going nuts, you know, just, it was so the tension was so high now in some ways it's boring. You know, there's eleven total hits over fifteen innings. Then that's both teams. But the but the pitching was just incredible. So if you're a fan of that kind of thing, and if you're a fan of baseball, I mean that's a, a kind of game that's really exciting. And you just like you keep going um a couple of like that guy, um uh Hent Hentges, who I didn't Austin really hentges. know about. Hent hentges.
0: I don't know what you're talking about
1: right now. He three innings for Cleveland. Sam (laughs) Hentges, a lefty, does the last three innings of that game. You know, so you end up with these, like, kind of heroic performances because you got to – and you're thinking to yourself, oh, is this going to get now all tied up, you know? And then – I mean, the series is tied up, but you used all your pitchers. Both teams did. So – and for it to be Kluber to give up the run, X – uh, Cleveland pitcher. I mean, there's just some poetry there. I mean, there were 39 strikeouts in this baseball game.
0: Wild, that's insane! That's wild.
1: Has that ever even happened?
0: Well, probably not in a postseason game because yeah. the only other postseason game I can think of that went approximately as long was that wild Red Sox Astros game. A few years ago, and I'm pretty sure that was one of those barn burners that was like 911 or something. It was like people kept scoring, and then Nathan Avaldi came in in relief and threw like nine innings of one hit baseball in relief, which was crazy. But yeah, it's a it's a ton of strikeouts, man. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I like both of it. You know, I mean, I'll I'll watch it either way. You know, um, oh for sure. You know, I I I love it all, but at the same time, uh, yeah. Oh, this is it, Game Six. Went um uh, sixteen innings and the Mets beat the Astros seven to six to end it at game six. Just an insane ball game on October fifteenth, coming up on the anniversary right now. But like those kind of games, the tension is so high. Now I love it when it goes back and forth. Like the you're losing and then they come back, and this was a little bit more boring. It like you know, that game, the uh Javi Javi ball in the basket game against oh, yeah, uh, the
0: Quito,
1: yeah i mean you know that that was tough cuz you know everybody was tight anyway cuz we're cub fans <laughs> and then to just have it be like that and the wind blowing in and so anyway it's playoff baseball it was exciting and now i'm i'm glad cleveland's going 30 million dollars going Going to the uh, next round.
0: Going up against the Yankees. Like, Cleveland is going to take their youngest baseball team ever, no payroll, into the Bronx and see what happens. We're going to talk about that in a second. But before we do, let's talk about this Mets-Padres Series. This had exactly the amount of angst I thought it would with those. I mean, you want to talk about teams that are trying, like not just trying, like wearing it on their sleeve. We will pay for a World Series. We will trade for a World Series. Dear God, we need to win some baseball games. Both of these teams are like desperate to give their fans a World Series, you know, and you could feel desperation just oozing out of city field you darvish comes in and shoves in that first game and wins it the mets come back and win game two you get a game three a do or do or die winner take all game and a couple things i have to note here buck show walter going out in the sixth inning to check (laughs) joe musgrove's ears because they're too shiny is the reason I can't cheer for the Mets. It is it is the reason that I find this to be the whiniest, most ridiculous fan base. I'm just like, I, I like Mets, the Mets fans. Like, there are some who I adore. The people over at Amazing Avenue are great. They are some of my favorite people to talk baseball with. They have been on this podcast before. And also, I can't cheer for you when that stuff happens. I
1: yeah, I can't. they're ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing that what's so funny about it and why I can kind of cheer for the Mets in in a way is because they're so ridiculous. Like I, I mean, you're right there. You, you had it all there for you. And then you're 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 out there checking shiny ears.
0: You know, it's like it's, shiny it's, it's... ears. I mean, it literally like <laughs> the ear thing. What First we of all, whatever would make your ears shiny is probably not gonna be sticky, right? Like Sticky substance. I don't know. I don't know. Are there, Sticky, are there shiny? Syrup is
1: shiny. I don't know. Like, you know,
0: who <laughs> would put syrup on their ears. Though
1: Lots of people. I mean, you know, I, not lots, but so lots
0: of people it takes all kinds. Only but, baseball players.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying that. I mean, the spin rate is up. I think it's a little gamesmanship too. I think it was buck totally show gamesmanship. Up. Yeah. Yes. Let's slow his roll the dude's on fire, let's ice the kicker. You know, it's that kind of thing. But Yeah, but it know. had the
0: opposite effect. I mean, if anything, Musgrove was better after they yeah. checked him. I mean, he looked like a man on a mission. And I will say for everybody who's out there like, the spin rate was up, blah, blah, blah. I think that Eno Saris had the best thread on this that I saw. Nobody understands spin rates and velocity better than Eno does. And he was like, look, his his velo was up about a mile per hour, which is one of those things that happens when you're amped. And his spin rates were up proportionally in a way that is within the margin of error for his velo being up. So it's like, yes, the spin rates are higher, but the spin rates are not significantly—and I mean that in the statistical sense—they're not significantly yeah. higher based on the velocity bump that he had. Either way, it felt like the Mets created Joe Musgrove postseason hero slash villain.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I agree. And the that moment like you said, how it was hard to cheer for the Mets. That moment made me go for the Padres. Like it just did like instantly Manny Machado's out there who I think he's kind of a hot dog sometimes. And I'm like, and he's out there like laughing about it's like, ah, look at this guy. Look at this show. look, ah, look you know, he's just, you know, and it was cracking me up and I was like, well now I want the Padres to win and they got, I love Juan Soto, you know, well, he and so who doesn't love Juan that? Soto. So it, that's what I was explaining. My nephew lives out uh, just outside of San Diego and he's. I said, "Are you watching the game?" And he, and so he's. He's a Cubs fan, but he doesn't have the history with the Padres that I do, which is '84. And I know I should let it go, but I hold on to it because it's fun for me to hate a team for arbitrary, arbitrary reasons or real reasons that are old that I shouldn't matter anymore. But um, but I really and I told him I'm like I hate the Padres with all my soul, but. I really like all the Padres players. I love you, Darvish. I love Manny Machado. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I love the childish Bambino. And I would love all of it. And, um, you know, so, but I, I can't, in my heart, like, I'll secretly root for them. But that moment made me really, and I really like Joe Musgrove, by the way. I've liked him Joe for a Musgrove. long time. I, he was somebody I kind of wanted the Cubs to go after before he ended up on the Padres. And we didn't, and now he's thinking they're good. So that's how that works.
0: Yeah, Joe Musgrove's a hometown kid for San Diego. Grew up in San Diego, pitching for the hometown team. First guy to throw a no-hitter in the franchise's history and just went through that to win a playoff series for them. That dude's going to have a statue and it's going to be great. Uh, The other thing in this Padres game that just, my heart was breaking for Mets fans as this happened because honestly, like, it's the type of moment where you're like, no, don't do it. Edwin Diaz comes in, four runs down (laughs) in the eighth. And the DJ plays Narco, which no, dude, like no, like this is uh, not a celebratory what is he thing. Like to do, I know, you but this like job. this has gotta be you gotta have a backup plan because this is not the moment. And you got all <laughs> these you got these Padres fans who the camera crews catch in the stands, including a kid in a slam Diego shirt. And they're just like clapping away to Narco, hey, just as happy day. as can be. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Padres the Padres re like. Re-
1: repurposed it.
0: Yeah, that repurposing, reappropriating Re-appropri- Narco to use against the Mets fans in the last two innings was just I.E. E, yikes.
1: Well, and we'll get ready yikes. because now you're gonna get Padres you could get Padres Braves and then we'll have a narco off we'll have I mean
0: William Contreras owns that song yeah. now it's he's well, the only we'll one see. left with it in the play oh that's true that's it's true. William well, Contreras yeah the Mets are that's gone true. like the what it's are the gone. Mets gonna do be mad at William Contreras for using his walkout music like they can't sorry it's just gonna
1: be an all narco series This everybody's <laughs> gonna use narco as their as their walkout yeah no that was uh I mean that was fun game. I mean, listen, you're not going to score. We saw, we saw the Mets. We swept them
0: uh, exactly. I mean, and Pete Alonso said that in the press conference yeah. after they lost the first game it was like, Hey, we just got swept by the Cubs, man. Like we, we need to get it together. And it's like, okay, we like, that's an insult to the Cubs and also like, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it wasn't insult not to us. The
0: Cubs also swept the Phillies. I would like to add. Has any other, did any other team who didn't make the playoffs sweep multiple playoff teams? I, I don't know. I should go look that up. That seems like the type of thing I should go find out on Baseball Reference at some I'm point.
1: sure that always happens in baseball that some team gets uh, swept by the, But I just looked up, by the way, Cleveland versus New York, and they're one in five versus New York. So. Not well, hopefully really. they
0: can get that together, because I really can't cheer for the Yankees. In fact, let's just let's just dive in to these divisional series. We'll start right where you are. Uh, New York versus Cleveland. Can I talk about the fact that Araldis Chapman will not be on the New York Yankees roster because he just smoothed no show to work out and the team didn't buy his excuse. And so he's a He went to Miami instead of attending a mandatory team workout. But Brian Cashman came out yesterday and said Araldis Chapman will not be on their ALDS roster. My, how the mighty have fallen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's discipline in the Yankee way, but I mean, I'd be pretty pissed at him. I'd be pretty pissed that he wasn't going to be on the team, too. If I'm a Yankee fan, I'm like, uh, yeah, he's been what?
0: Bad. He's been pretty bad. He's been yeah. like, he has not been the Araldis Chapman sure. that people have been. I think this is probably it for Chapman and the Yankees uniform. I think they will probably designate him for assignment after this and just eat the contract. Um, I, I saw, God, I wish I could give credit to whoever I heard saying this. I was listening to a bunch of baseball podcasts um, over the weekend. And I heard someone say that Chapman's been noticeably slow on the mound, like 30 seconds between pitches, trying to like recover, get his velo up. And then he ends up walking a bunch of guys. His his walk rate is way higher than the major league average and like he's been okay, but just not the lights out closer dude that he used to be, but to no show a workout and get left off the roster is, I mean, that is some, I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, he's 34. That's some like
0: Carlos Sambrano like banging up the Gatorade thing and then never showing up again
1: yeah no it's it, we know he might be done with the yankees now like yeah. i i don't i don't foresee them putting him then them him on the world series roster at that point I mean, or but, the next yeah, or whatever yeah. it would be next yeah the the cs what is how does it get worked so we had wild card now this is ds and then cs it CS, just has the same names the, but yeah you
0: know. they just added they just added around but i mean i think that all all people with a conscience who are not literally from the Bronx are cheering for Cleveland here, uh, for the land man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 You got to go underdog with, with this one. Even if you're one of those people that say that all the owners should spend all their money all the time. Well, the Even Yankees you...
0: don't really spend all their money anymore either. Like, they try to lowball Judge, and they're like, I don't know. We'll see what happens when we negotiate in the free agent, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you're no longer the Yankees if you can't extend Aaron Judge. So I, I'm i totally fine going all in on Yankees hate here and and cheering for the underdog. Terry yeah. Francona over the New York Yankees always.
1: Yeah, I I just, you know, I know from my, uh my friend Gary who's a who's a huge Cleveland fan has been his whole life. His his big lament in life has always been that the the that Cleveland cannot beat New York. And that's just been the way it's always been. And they just can't get past the damn Yankees. And um, hopefully this is different this time. I, I don't see it happening though. I I do see the Yankees winning this series. I mean, if I was a betting man, and I'm not.
0: <laughs> I'm not a betting girl. I'm just gonna cheer for the teams I like, and I like Cleveland more than I like New York.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, me too.
0: So speaking of uh juggernauts versus versus upstarts, we've got the Astros versus the Mariners in the next round, and I would love nothing more than the Seattle Mariners to knock those cheaters out of the postseason. I don't think that's going to happen. The Astros are a really, really, really good baseball team, but I'm here for it. I, I am all in on the Mariners. That's my new, I have not figured out how we're going to rebrand the podcast to uh, accommodate the Mariners cup of Seattle blue. I don't know. Yeah, cup, I of cup of
1: Starbucks,
0: Cubs <laughs> Seattle. I don't know. I, we're going to come up with something, but I am here for the Mariners that's over. A the coffee Astros. town.
1: That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking that up right now. Astros versus Seattle this year. They were twelve and seven.
0: Cup of CS rise. Can we be cup of CS rise?
1: Uh, yeah, I I don't really like that phrase that they have. <laughs> it reminds me of the rising sea levels. You I know. know? I'm, I'm just...
0: like, you shouldn't use you shouldn't use this in the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah, I'm like, this is a little yeah,
1: it's a little. I agree.
0: Hitting, hitting too little, close to home, li- but... Yeah, I agree.
1: So this this is probably a pretty competitive series, though. I would say, you know, I mean, I I like Seattle. I I like what they have as a team. You know, Houston Astros are a machine and they have been for a while. And Seattle's just, you know, nobody was thinking they were going to be here. Now they're here and they got through the first series and they might just have the momentum. And what I'm really curious about is what. When you ice the team, when you ice the Astros, when you ice the Yankees and you give them three games to sit on their butts and think about it, what that becomes. Like, what does that do? You just had a Cleveland team playing these tight, tight games, and now they're just hungry and they're in there and they want it, you know? And the same with Seattle, for them to come back that way and get that momentum going, whereas Houston's just been like, well, I guess we'll – look up who we're facing and see what we're going to get against them. And, and I guess that's all very valuable time, but then you got rest too; your body, your body can recover, but it's, I, feel I don't like, know. I feel like, like the ways.
0: Astros have so much recent post experience that it will not matter. Yeah. Like they're so practiced at playing baseball in October that like two days off, three days off, whatever. Like it's just not going to phase them. Now I do think that might phase this Yankees team. Because the person with the most recent postseason experience on the Yankees is Anthony Rizzo, and Anthony Rizzo hasn't really played in a competitive postseason, so, like the 2020 season, if you if you want to call the 2020 season, but that's not really postseason energy either. So it's like 2018 for Anthony Rizzo, and I I don't know. I, I I agree with you that icing of the icing of the divisional leaders could be a thing. I'm looking at the Houston Seattle head to head over 2022 right now. And it looks like Seattle won seven of those games and Houston won 12. So, yeah, seven to 12 12 record there. You got to give the edge to Houston. I mean, I think Houston's the better team. I also think that Seattle's got moxie and I, I like what they could do.
1: Yeah. Well, we want the underdogs and we are doubtful. They'll win.
0: (laughs) At least in these series. Yeah. And, and let's go to the next one here because man, I really want the Padres to beat the Dodgers. I very much want, Yeah, Juan Soto and the San Diego Padres and you Darvish to finally conquer the Dodgers. And I just, can they Danny? What, what are the odds?
1: I mean, it's not great. I mean, they, and here's the other thing about it is they play each other all year long. And the Dodgers always win,
0: man. Like I've watched some of these games, the Dodgers, always win five and
1: 14. <laughs> not, not, not only are they five and 14, but they have been outscored 109 to 47.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, I've watched these games and, and the Padres are a very good baseball team who look awful against the Dodgers. They look like, you remember how the Cubs used to play against the Cardinals before they beat the Cardinals finally in 2015. And it was like, haha, ha, the Cardinals have been vanquished. Like the Padres need to vanquish the Dodgers. And they never have. And until they do, I feel like they're always going to be at a disadvantage. Kind of the same way you were talking about with Cleveland and the Yankees. It's like one of those, you have to beat the big boss at the end of the video game. And I don't know about you. We've talked about this before, but like I, in 2015 in that game four, when Kyle Schwarber hit the home run and the Cubs were leading and they were going to win, like it was very clear. They were going to win the divisional series and go to the championship series. I thought about the St. Louis Cardinals differently than I had at any point in my Cubs fans life. I I think the Cubs thought about the Cardinals differently for that next few years than any Cubs team had in my lifetime. And it showed the Cubs manhandled the Cardinals for a few years there and they, and they just could. And it was like all of the magic from all of the times where the cart, the devil bird magic had come back and beat the Cubs was just gone. It was like, not these Cubs. Not these Cubs, man. And until the Padres do that to the Dodgers, and maybe they'll do it in the series, who knows? But it's like, you gotta, you gotta beat the big boss at the end of the video game. And if you can't do that, sorry.
1: Well, then you got Darvish going too, and he's got that history with the Dodgers and, you know, they were giving him death threats, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, and that is a tough, tough crowd. I mean, there's no worse crowd in baseball. Absolutely no worse crowd than a Dodgers crowd. They are violent. Um, I don't recommend g- going. I don't. I mean, unless you're tough at all. But I mean, Nicole, my fiance, got punched in the eye by a fully grown man for wearing basically jealous. just for wearing a Cubs hat and the fact that we were winning. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's tough. So I, uh, yeah, go Padres. I and I never thought I'd say that, but I really have a vested interest in the Dodgers failing big time here
0: yeah i feel like all of these have pretty clear uh cheering interests although maybe this last one maybe this last one we can disagree a little bit i don't know the phillies versus the braves i've got competing cheering interests here kyle schwarber Forever, man. I will always love Kyle Schwarber, and I will always be mad at the Cubs for non-tendering him over $1.5 million, which might be one of the silliest moves uh, in the history of a franchise that has made many, many silly moves. Um, (laughs) So you got Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos on one side. You got William Contreras and Narco on the other with the returning World Series champion Braves. I mean, I got to go with the Phillies here just because I'm kind of on an underdog. Kick and as much as I love William Contreras and want only good things for him, I kind of want the Phillies to win and I want good things for William Contreras at the same time. In my ideal world, the NLCS just like sweeps all these juggernauts out of the way. Like we've been talking about how the gap between the haves and have nots in baseball is so big. And if that's true, then the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, and Braves should all just like advance here and it should not be particularly interesting or close but man, wouldn't it be fun to have a post season where it was Cleveland and the Mariners and the Padres and the Phillies. Like that would be fun, Danny. I want it.
1: Yeah. I, no, I do too. The, and the thing about, I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. I I'll say that much. Um, the the NL is hard because I want all the, they, I always want them to lose, you know, cause they're, it's the Cubs league. And uh, like my nephew said, well, who are you going for? I'm like the Cubs. <laughs> like, <laughs> Or people that once were on the Cubs. Um, You know, I guess it would be interesting to see a Braves, a team repeat. We haven't had that in a while. So that, but I don't care. I just don't care. Um, The Phillies, you know, they really went out there and spent money and they got a bunch of big boppers and, you know, and, and in many ways it's not working. They, They, what they did was it already has failed. Even though they are what they where they are right now, but they're certainly not as good as they they should be, and they should not have got swept by the Cubs. That's for sure. In all six games, I might add, the ones in Philadelphia as well. So, I don't. I got no dog in this fight. <laughs> I don't. I I can't. I can't figure out who I'd want to win. The Braves and Phillies. I might not even watch this one too much, you know, unless it's on.
0: I mean, I'm, an, I'm not gonna I'm cheer for I'm gonna cheer for the Phillies because I want Kyle Schwarber to continue to just be a force in the postseason. I Kyle Schwarber, man, has been he's in the postseason with the Red Sox, in the postseason with the Cubs, he's victorious in at least one series and like pretty much all of those years. I just love Kyle Schwarber. I cannot believe he's hitting forty plus bombs for another team, and the Cubs got nothing in return except one point five million dollars for. Tom Ricketts' pockets.
1: It, that's, it, if that's what intelligence spending is, then, uh, I don't know, then we're in for a, a long rebuild. Because they could middle at it for forever, if they wanted to.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. And they may. Uh, if they... The Cubs find some way to intelligently spend, or if one, of, at least one of these upsets comes to fruition, you know we'll be talking about it on social media. Danny, where can people find you and your takes during this MLB postseason?
1: Yeah, check me out at Sunranto on Twitter.
0: Sunranto on Twitter. You can find both of us at whatever I'm going to call the podcast. I still have not decided. Cupa something. Cupa something. Seattle. Cupa Seattle. Maybe y'all can tell us. Maybe y'all can give us the good ideas for what we sh- how we should rebrand as a Mariners podcast. You can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah to to throw out your ideas there. And in the meantime, here's hoping that the underdogs have some magic against these juggernauts of teams in the divisional series. Till next time.